to the Footy Lads Chat Fantasy Football and Betting. This is our first ever episode. We've launched the uh, the podcast this week. In today's episode, we're going to be previewing the upcoming season, uh, the best starting squads for Fantasy League, and some expert betting tips for the weekend as well. Right, we'll be getting started with this week's episode. We're going to keep you up to date with some of the games and to keep you in top of your Fantasy League mini leagues, as well as previewing the upcoming games with some in-depth research give you the best chance of getting off to a good start in your uh, betting hackers. My name's Martin, I'm a Fantasy League fanatic and I'll be joined by James today who's going to introduce himself. Hi, I'm James. Cheers for that uh, brief introduction there. Uh, James is a fellow uh, football, um, fantasy football uh, enthusiast and also has a, a hefty career uh, working in the betting industry. We're going to start by looking through all 20 Premier League clubs with our, some shortlisted picks and any potential early bargains. I've started off by picking a player um, for each Premier League side that I feel would be good value for your Premier League team. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and just um, advise that you get Mo Salah and Harry Kane and, and pick all the obvious choices. We're looking at value here uh, for your fantasy football um, teams. We're going to start with Arsenal, and James, you can uh, feel free to chip in if you've got any other picks and things along the way. Yep. Now, Arsenal-wise, there's quite a bit of value, and I quite fancy Arsenal to have a good season this year, uh, but I've gone with Gabriel Jesus. Um, Arsenal don't have many attacking options. Their only other attacking option, really, is Eddie Nketiah, and he's quite good value at £8 million. Over the last three seasons, he scored 8, 9, and 14 goals, uh, and that's whilst playing a bit part role for City. He should be a play every game, potentially take the penalties, and he should be the main man for Arsenal this year. Yeah, I, I do like Jesus. Um, from going on pre-season, I mean, Saka's taking the penalties. Uh, he's also eight million, which is a decent shout. I mean, quite like a few of the uh, defenders. You've got White, Tomiyasu, about 4.5. I can see Ben White playing right back this year. So he might be able to get a few assists. Zinchenko is an interesting one, five mil, but you might as well go for one of the cheaper options if you're having a centre back. And then uh, Odegaard, six point five. See, I nearly went with Zinchenko because uh, at five million, I thought he was going a bit of a steal. Kieran, Kieran Tierney, uh, he's still injured uh, and had very poor um, injury injury record over the last year. So I think uh, Zinchenko, especially with the money they've invested in, he also has a of an option to uh, to get you attacking points as well as defensive so uh, Zinchenko was definitely one that I looked at yeah I'm a bit concerned that he will end up playing defensive uh, centre mid though to be honest once uh, Kane is back well all good options as well there for Arsenal and uh, how are you thinking Arsenal are going to perform this year fourth fourth which is that um, is that good yeah I mean I think Obviously, City and Liverpool run away with it again. Tottenham got better. I don't think they'll be playing Chelsea in the top four, to be honest. I, I fancy a good year for Arsenal as well. Now, moving on to uh, Aston Villa, have you uh, have you got any potential uh, options from the Villa squad? I've got I've put Cash and Ramsey. Um, Cash performed well end of last season when Gerrard took over for an attacking options. I'm not too sure how they'll perform. So, like, I mean, Coutinho and that, Watkins. I don't think there's any real value in them early on. Ramsey 5.5 is a cheap enough option. You should start every game. So, uh, what have you got? I went with uh, Emiliano Martinez. I went with a goalkeeper who, for me, last year was a bit of a fantasy uh, Premier League legend. Um, he's a steal at 5 million this year. Uh, in the last uh, season, he got 11 clean sheets, including plenty of bonus points for saves during the game. He also loves a penalty save. Um, in particular, he saved the last-minute one at Old Trafford last year as well. Um, at five million, even if he doesn't play every week, if they've got a tough game week, uh, he's definitely worth uh, being in your squads. I don't think he saved it, did I think Bruno would say it was a didn't it? Oh shit! Fuck's <laughs> 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 sake! Yeah, but anyway, yeah, but I, I, I think Cash would be a better option to be honest at the same price uh, because you've got the attack. If you're going to have a Villa. Yeah, uh, backline player would, yeah, I'd probably go for cash. 
Another one I thought of was Tyrell Mings. I don't know how much he's currently available for, but he's just been stripped to the captaincy so he can kind of focus on his uh, his playing this year as well. So potentially Tyrell Mings. Uh, I spoke to a few Villa fans and they don't like Mings. I'm not sure whether he'll end up getting dropped eventually. I know quite a couple of Villa fans that uh, that prefer Concert, don't they, over, uh, yeah. over Mings. And reckon he should be in the England squad instead. Well, moving on to Bournemouth, is there... Uh, any potential value? I went with Junior Stanislas um, <laughs> for um, for Bournemouth. Um, there's not much value in the defenders here because Bournemouth have an horrific start uh, to the season in terms of games. They've got Villa, Arsenal and City inside the first five games. So Junior Stanislas would be my budget pick. He's only five million. He might get you some attacking returns. And I know he scored a couple already in pre-season. So not much value in Bournemouth. I think they will really struggle this year. But if I had to pick, I'd go with uh, Stanislas. I've just completely avoided Bournemouth. Don't bother. Don't worry about them. They're uh, bottom. Bottom, writing them off already. Yeah. Even worse than Fulham. Yeah. Mm, I think they're done. Mm. We'll move swiftly on to Brentford then. Um, you know, we could sit here and, and, and say Ivan Tony because he's an absolute m- must, really. Um, I would have Ivan Tony in your squad. Um, he doesn't miss from the spot relatively good um, good uh, squad player have you got out there how much he costs at the minute on fantasy 7 mil so 7 million he's definitely worth it however for my pick I have gone with Pontus Janssen okay he's a nice budget defender he's at 4.5 million so he's a really cheap defender um, potentially wouldn't have him in the first game week because uh, they've got a tricky start as we alluded to but Bournemouth are riddled with injuries at the minute especially in defence they've got uh, uh, Ethan Pinnock injured, Sergi Canos injured, and Christoph Asia all injured. Uh, so Pontus Janssen is definitely going to get a game, and uh, for 4.5 million, uh, just a squad rotation player for me. Yeah, I've just written Tony down as a possible. I do think they'll struggle, so I wouldn't even be inclined to put Tony in. To be honest, I think there's probably better strikers available around that price. They've lost Ericsson the second season. Syndrome. I, I can't see them being down the bottom. Excellent. Another team who I think are going to struggle this year is Brighton. Um, I know they've been in the Premier League for a few years, but again, if they're going to lose Cucurella as well, which it looks like they're going to do uh, to Chelsea at the minute, um, I think they're going to struggle this year. However, I think Leonardo Trossard is quite a good option at 6.5 million. He scored eight goals last season. I know he absolutely butchered United. Um, towards the end of the season also an interesting fact about Brighton is uh, although they're playing United on the opening day uh, Brighton don't play another one of those top six clubs until game week nine so there's plenty of uh, plenty of attacking return possibilities for Trossard there yeah but that, that's the reason I've kind of looked for Sanchez to be honest because they've got a relatively easy start he's only 4.5 million in goal I know on paper the team always doesn't look great but I mean Potter I think is one of the best managers in the league I, I, I don't think they'll be dragged into trouble I mean Cucurella I thought he was going to move to City but the latest the last half hour looks like he's going to move to Chelsea so he's going to be 5 mil he's potential uh, and Undev the new signing is 5.5 mil I mean he scores about 20-30 a season in the Belgian leagues, uh, if he starts playing regularly, like he might be quite a cheap option further on in the season. Now, one team who who certainly uh, haven't struggled over the last few years, but obviously have had a bit of a t- traumatic uh, time of late in terms of ownership is Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, my gut was saying go with uh, Raheem Sterling. I think he could re-enter uh, fantasy Premier League manager's thoughts this season as he's likely to get. A, Healthy increase in his game time under Thomas Tuchel. The winger averaged 16 goals and 11 assists since the 2017-18 season up until last. Uh, and last season he was the third highest uh, Man City scorer in Fantasy Premier League behind Cancelo and De Bruyne. And that's with him, obviously not playing 90 minutes every game. So for Chelsea I've kind of got two picks. Sterling I think really good option. But the uh, my, my standout pick was actually Edouard Mendy. I think he provides an inexpensive avenue into the Chelsea defence. Um, Chelsea were the third best defence last season. They kept 16 clean sheets and only conceded 33 goals. 
They've obviously strengthened the defence with Koulibaly coming in. Um, but at four point uh, at five million, sorry, um, I think he's a, you, you get a bit of that defence and only five million a pop. Yeah, I've made an ad for Mendy for five million. Looks pretty good. I, I was keen on both fullbacks, but like I say, they've just on about signing Cucurella, so I don't really know where. Does that mean Chilwell doesn't play anymore? Um, well, he's had his injury problems. Yeah, so James, I would say, was a pretty solid choice. Six million just for his attacking returns. And I don't mind Mount, to be honest, eight million. Uh, he got under six million points last year. And I think I'd probably prefer to save a couple of million and have him instead of Sterling, personally. Well, where you've been trying to make a save in there, I've tried to make a save in at Crystal Palace because the standout player for Palace is obviously Wilfred Zaha. Um, however, I'm going to not go with Wilfred because his seven million price tag puts me off a little bit, and I feel like that money could be used elsewhere. Um, especially at the start of the season, Palace have a tough start. So if I was going with anyone, I was going to go with uh, Michael Olise. He was a better option. He got two goals and six assists last season, uh, but only started to really break through into the Palace squad towards the end of the year. Um, coming in off that right hand side, um, I think he's got the opportunity to uh, to get some attacking returns. How much is Elise? Um, Elise is currently. Um, let me just check. So I kind of I wrote no one down for Palace, but I mean, I kind of overlooked Elise. He's a good player. I like Eze as well, but I never really found the form after injury last year. Um, so if he was to find a bit of form, he'd prob probably want to look out for later on in the season. Yeah, if you were going to look at Elise currently, as this is recorded, uh, I know the prices fluctuate slightly. Um, he's available for five point five million. Um, which yeah, that's not the worst. Uh, gives you a one and a half million saving on um, on Wilfred Zaha, so that's why I've gone with Elise. Who takes a pen for Palace these days? I think it's Zaha, isn't it? Um, but I think we'll struggle at the beginning of the season, to be honest. Wait, so we've got next Everton. We're up to Everton, yeah. So again, I think most people would be going for towards Calvert Lewin here. Everton really struggled last season, but injuries, lack of game time, and his eight million price tag just puts me off. So I'm going to go with Jordan Pickford. He's a solid keeper. He'll be wanting to cement his place in the England team for the World Cup. And again, at four point five million, very similar to Sanchez at Brighton. You know he's going to play every week. And once they've got Chelsea out the way in the first round. They've got Villa, Norwich, Brentford and Leeds. It's a bit nice, kind run of fixtures for them. Yeah, I had Pickford in my team originally, 4.5, but the more I look at the team over pre-season, I've kind of thought I'm going to avoid all Everton players. Because I had Anthony Gordon in as well, 5.5, because he had a good breakthrough season last year and he, he looks a really good player. I know he's been linked with a few clubs, but he'll end up staying for Everton. 5.5 mil, he got 100 points last year, and I think that he's they'll only improve on that this year but you just don't know how good they're going to be do you? I, do, I do think they could be in front of the relegation battle well speaking of relegation battles and this is my team that I think are nailed on to finish bottom that's Fulham uh, they've yo-yoed up and down each each year I know they've invested again this year I couldn't find any particular great value in their squad um, apart from Alexander Mitrovic which is 6.5 million he's a good budget striker that you know is going to score goals you know, he scored 40-odd goals in the Championship last season. And even though he only scored three last time he was in the Premier League, the year previous he did score 11. I think Mitrovic has kind of been written off as a striker that, that can do it in the Championship, but, but not in the Premier League. But he scored 11 goals the time before last he was in the Premier League. So he's clearly got talent, he's clearly got confidence. So 6.5 million, it's worth sticking him in your squad, I think. Yeah, I like Mitrovic. I don't think he was getting... That played to his strengths last time they was in the Prem. I'm a bit worried that Carvalho has left. Um, he provided a lot of goals for Mitrovic last year. The other player I would potentially put into his squad if you wanted to bulk it out as a cheap option is Andres with the Pereira. I mean, he's only 4.5 and he's going to probably play every game. Just an unknown quantity for me. He's Obviously, he's, he's come from Man United. Quite a big price tag, but the way Fulham play and the way Fulham have signed players and, and the way they invest when they get promoted is it's, it's literally potluck if you're going to go with a new signing in my opinion mm -hmm. another team that just about survived last year Leeds um, 
I think Leeds uh, I'd stay away from Leeds defenders um, I know Dallas ov- obviously offers a bit of value but Leeds are in our shipping a lot of goals uh, and even though Jesse Mars is trying to resolve that um, my pick is Jack Harrison with Calvin Phillips gone he's going to have to be a big presence in that midfield he scored 118 last year and actually got 8 goals um, so it's 6 million I think Jack Harrison's a not a bad option for Leeds there's no one for me. I, I think they'll really struggle. I'm not convinced with the manager. Just don't think they've got a very good squad. They've bought some players which are unproven. It's going to take them a bit of time to gel. So there's a couple like you've got Beck Greenwood, but I'm not sure how much he's going to play. He's only four and a half mil. Bamford, can you find the form of a few seasons ago? They're the best team, best watch for a few weeks, personally. Yeah, the only slight bit of value I could find as well was uh, was Rodrigo, um, who has changed role this season. So last year he was listed on Fantasy League as a, as a forward, uh, but this year he's actually listed as a midfielder. Now we know if you're going to get attacking returns from midfield, you get more points. Now, as a forward, he got 85 uh, last season, uh, scoring six goals. Now, if he scores six goals from midfield... Uh, he'll be he'll be scoring a lot more than eighty five this year. So again, what price is Rodrigo? Uh, six million uh, currently. So it is the it's same. Not the worst. He might play. He scored a few the other nights in the preseason as well. So I think a couple of players you do have to watch that have changed position, especially if they've gone from a forward to midfielder. Now on to Leicester. Um, I've avoided Jamie Vardy. His nine point five million price tag was too high for me, and uh, I think if you're gonna pad out the squad. With strikers, I think there's better strikers available in that region, like Ivan Tony, uh, Antonio, Ollie Watkins. Um, so I've gone for Harvey Barnes at seven million. He scored 137 points last year, 12 assists, six goals. Uh, the only thing is there's been a few transfer rumours around him, so his head might be turned or he might be pulled out of the squad completely if a, if a bid's accepted. Who was that sorry? Harvey Barnes. <laughs> Is Madison's going in, not Barnes? Uh, well, Newcastle been linked with them both, haven't oh, they? Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't really got anyone from Leicester again. I'm not sure where they'll perform. I'm not sure what the situation with Casper Schmeichel is. But a week before, I mean, I think Ward's the only other keeper they've got, and he's four mil at the minute. So, I mean, if Casper does go and they don't sign anyone, then I think Ward's not. They're not going to go to the end of the window without replacing him, surely. So it's yeah, well, it's just one to watch out. If they don't, then you're going to have to obviously stick Ward in because he's going to be. A gem at four mil. Right now we're on to the the two heavyweights of the league. Obviously Liverpool and Man City. Now we could sit most of the most of the players in the squad. Have you got anyone standing out for you at Liverpool? I know that's hard to whittle it down to one. No, I mean like, like you say, you could have numerous players. I'll, I'll tell you, I've got I've got Allison five and a half. Um, I think he's probably the top scoring goalkeeper last year. He got more than Edison. He got Trent. He's whopping seven and a half mil. Robertson. 7 mil. Canat is only 5 mil, but it's, he's only going to play like 19, 20 games probably. He just rotates to all the centre backs all the time, so he's not going to get a full quota of matches. But if you did want to stick him in, you, you can obviously get the points when he does play. Uh, Salah's a must for me again, a 13 mil. And then I like Diaz and Darwin, both one's 8 million, one's 9 million. They're obviously going to get plenty of points. It just depends if you can uh, fit them in. And they're not guaranteed to play every game. I mean, obviously, when Jota's back fit, he's going to be in there. Firmino's going to be in there. You only can guarantee Salah a starting place. But after Salah, you, you probably think Diaz plays the most. I think Salah, to me, is an absolute certainty. Um, most players of Fantasy Premier League go big on a, on a marquee signing. And I think this year, that that's going to be... You know, your Harry Kane, your Son, your Haaland or, or your Salah. Salah I would have in every every team, um, but that goes without saying. So for value, I'm going to go with uh, with Trent. Just because Salah's a whopping 13 million. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold, he scored over 160 for the fourth consecutive season. He doesn't seem to get rotated. He racked up 208 points, um, which is massive for a defender. Uh, he chips in with the odd goal and assist as well, and he's he's going to be one of the greatest ever defenders in uh, fantasy Premier League history, really. Yeah, so 
moving on to the next heavyweight, Man City. Again, you could pretty much have everyone. You got Edison five and a half, but like I said, you uh, you're going to want to get a City and Liverpool defensive player in there, aren't you? So it depends who you go for. I mean, you got Edison five and a half, Cancelo seven mil, or the one I'm opting for would be Carl Walker at five mil. They've got rid of Zinchenko. Like I think he's pretty much guaranteed to start. No, they've missed out on Cucurello. I think he's guaranteed to start every week. And like five million, I think it's an absolute steal. He only got 85 points last year, but surely he improves on that this year. See, I feel you give five million for for, for Kyle Walker. I feel like you're worth investing the extra two million. If you're going to get a Man City player, you know you got to pay premium. And for seven million, you can get Jao Cancelo. Um, Pep Guardiola is notorious for his uh, his rotation, and it, it becomes a bit of a curse, and it becomes a nightmare scrolling through your phone at two o'clock checking the uh, the team news for a Man City game uh, when you've got their players in the team. But Cancelo played 36 out of the 38 matches last season. He seems to be one that doesn't get rotated. And he scored a whopping 201 points last season. So over double uh, what Kyle Walker got. So for me, the extra 2 million, the 7 million for Jao Cancelo is an absolute must. So, well, you, so you're going for Cancelo and Trent at the back? Uh, you got, yeah, you've got to have them both. got to have them both? Mm-hmm. Fair enough. The midfielders, again, you could have everyone, but... They're all going to be rotated. I do think, well, before the weekend, I thought Grealish was up on for a good season. Now they've got rid of a few players. I thought he was going to have a lot more game time. But, I mean, he looked awful again at the weekend. I know he's not going to play Liverpool every week, but I was disappointed with his performance, which has made me rethink. you got Mares, 8 million. He could potentially carry on being on Penos. Foden, 8 mil. De Bruyne, 12 million is a bit... He gets the points, but it's a lot of money when you think you'd prefer probably to have Son or Salah, wouldn't you? You would, no. Um, moving on to Man United. Uh, you don't want to touch on Haaland? I, I wouldn't have him in the team. I wouldn't, wouldn't, I wouldn't particularly go off uh, the weekend. I know the, the Community Shield is, in my opinion, a glorified friendly. Uh, I know Nunes missed a sitter, very similar to like Haaland did in a, in a friendly abroad. Uh, I know Haaland missed a Missed one last week. To me, I wouldn't go near him. I think he needs to settle into that team. Uh, City are used to playing without a striker. Um, they're used to people coming back, dropping in the holes, etc. And if you watched Ireland at the weekend, all he kept doing was just spinning, turning, and trying to run in behind. City, it, I don't know if they were having an off day. You know, De Bruyne didn't have his best game. But the balls just didn't find him. I know he had opportunities. But I'd let him bed into the team because he's, he's a massive outlay in terms of... Uh, money uh, to get him in your team I feel like it could be used better elsewhere at the beginning I think if I played for City up front next season I'd get 20 goals so I mean I think Haaland's going to get an absolute bagful Sterling was getting 20 goals a season from tap-ins I just I, I don't think you're wrong I think I think him and Salah again will lead the way uh, with goals but I think you've got to give him time to settle in uh, and not necessarily splash out on him straight away right let's go to United then United's a tough one. Obviously, all this Ronaldo stuff that's going on. I've never had uh, Ronaldo in any of my fantasy league teams. He just off. He's just too much money, and just simply doesn't give you the same returns that Mo Salah does uh, and Harry Kane. I think they're the other two most expensive players uh, available. To me, I know this is a daft one because he, he had a poor season last year. But I'd go with Bruno Fernandez uh, if I had to pick somebody. He got 151 points last season. Uh, I know he got 244 the season before, but you know he was overshadowed a little bit by Cristiano Ronaldo. And if he certainly leaves, the onus is going to be back on Bruno to be getting more attacking returns. United they couldn't keep a clean sheet for Toffee, so I would avoid the keeper. I'd avoid the back four. Potentially a little bit of value in uh, Darlow, but apart from that, I'd be going with Bruno. Yeah, I've made a note of uh, Dallo. He's only four and a half. The left-back's a bit of a tricky one. My last year, whatever his name is, he looks good in pre-season, but they've got three left-backs, so I'm not sure he's going to start. But my picks would be from Sancho, Rashford and Martial, all around the 7 million mark. It looks like in pre-season, they were just getting a handful of chances, a handful of goals. All look fresh. All 7 million for pretty much three strikers, I think. 
I think you want to be getting two of them three, and especially if Ronaldo leaves, that is. Um, if Ronaldo stays, then it's a totally different story. I put, probably wouldn't avoid Man United altogether. Now this is coming on now to my big tip of uh, big tip before we start. Now this is one that he's got uh, his ownership's not very high. He's a Newcastle United player, and my big tip is Alan Saint Maximum. Uh, he was listed last year as a forward, but he's listed this year as a midfielder, uh, which again goals and assists to get more points for him. And now he's listed as a midfielder. He managed five goals, seven assists last season, getting 116 points. He certainly will score more than that if he gets those figures as a midfielder this year. I know Newcastle are in the market for a forward, but so far they haven't been managed to sign one. Um, I think he will offer the creativity from midfield. Uh, and you can even, if they're pushed towards the end of games, you'll be running at defenders and you might see him actually go up front alongside Callum Wilson as well. So you're kind of getting an attacker for a midfielder. And for the price that he's available at, I think he's a certain for your fantasy football teams. Yeah, I can't argue some of that. I mean, I do quite like say maximum. Other players for Newcastle, Trippier, it's only 5 mil. He only got 28 points last season, but he only played half a dozen games. I think he got a couple of goals and then uh, he got injured. Obviously, injuries are a big concern with him. But you probably will get a couple of good weeks off him and then take him out if he does get injured. And... Callum Wilson, 7.5. I think everyone's got to be looking at him. He only came back for a few games at the end of last season, but looked very sharp. I think he got two or three, didn't he, in the last couple of games. He's going to lead the line for him. They've got an easy first game, I think, and they hope Forest at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would, I'd be very keen on Callum Wilson. Okay, now moving on to one night. Forest, to me, have just... You know, got a wealthy owner and just scattergun and just bought as many players that they can with some sort of pedigree. So throwing them all together, I think, I think the the atmosphere at the uh, at their ground will will help them at the beginning. But certainly that squad gelling together, I think they're going to have issues. The only bit of um, of value I could find was Tewo Awani, um, who is a player. If you play football manager, the guy's a beast on it and has been for a number of years. He's like a wonder kid that, uh, that if you play football manager, you'll know all about him already. He's got absolute pace to burn. We paid just short £20 million for him, which should guarantee him game time. Um, and he could offer some cheap attacking value. He's got 15 goals last season in the Bundesliga with a side that didn't perform to it that well. So he can clearly find the back of the net. And for a bit of cheap value, uh, he's my pick from, uh, from Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I'd certainly be more of a watching brief. I think it's going to take some time for the team to gel. If I was ever anyone, I would just go for Nico Williams, 4 mil. If you're looking for a bargain at the back, you should play every game right back. Yeah, he likes to get forward. So he's not a bad investment of 4 mil. I just think that Forest Hill, their attacking options, they're not great. You know, Lyle Taylor, is he a Premier League player? Probably not. Um, Sam Sturridge is a young lad. He's only played a handful of games in the Premier League. Uh, I know Brennan Johnson is a young, good talent. But again, can he lead the line in the Premier League? Probably not. So Tywell's going to be the only one, in my opinion, unless they sign more, uh, who's going to be leading that line for Forest. Yeah, that Brennan Johnson, he got about 30 goals and assists last year. I know he was in a lower division, but I do think he, he will probably start as well. And he is on pens, so I wouldn't totally rule him out to six mil. Now on to Southampton, um, I've gone with someone who's started to get a bit of England recognition. Um, I think if I was Ten Hag, I would have a look at him uh, for Man United if they can't get uh, De Jong, and that's uh, James Ward-Prowse. I think he's underrated and he's undervalued in Fantasy Premier League. He's a demon on his set pieces, he got 10 goals last season, an ample assist. And for 6.5 million, you know he's going to play every week. He whips in the corners, the free kicks. Um, he's going to get you some attacking returns. Yeah, I've put nobody from Southampton, but if I was a, if I had to have someone, then the only player you can have is uh, Ward Prowse. I mean, Livermento's injured again, I think, isn't he? Definitely. So uh, he would be my other choice, but I do worry about Southampton this year. That's what I'd worry about, man. I think if we were uh, talking about the sack race, I think he'd be uh, one of the favourites for the sack first as well. 
Uh, moving on to Spurs, someone who's definitely not going to get the sack, uh, Antonio Conte. Um, we all know about the Kane and Son partnership, and if you can afford both of these two and get them in your squad, go for it and get them both. Son will cost you twelve million though. Kane will cost you eleven and a half. The likelihood is you've been able to get these two in it as um, a very slim. So my pick, my budget player, who I think will also uh, get you some good returns, is Ivan Perisic. He's a new arrival. He got four goals, five assists under Conte at Inter Milan in the 2020-2021 uh, season. And he followed that up with 15 goal contributions from defence last season. He's very affordable, five and a half million. The de the, he's listed as a defender and he's got the potential then to get you clean sheets, goals and assists. And the manager Conte is renowned for setting up, keeping things tight at the back. So he'll be setting out to keep clean sheets. Perisic in the team at five and a half million is a cracking uh, bit of value. Yeah, Perisic was the first uh, name down on my team sheet originally. I've kept, kept a track of pre-season, he's hardly played, uh, which has seen his ownership go from about 70 to 80% to about 25% of the game. I'm a bit worried whether he will start the first game and then I'm even more concerned about how much they'll play him during the season. They've got other options with Sessegnon. Have they just bought him for more of a Champions League player? I'm not sure. <clears throat> Sorry. I'm not sure. I do think he's a, a little bit risky as to what his game time will be. The same with Spence. I kind of like Spence at four and a half, but how much game time does he get and how much game time does Doherty get? If Spence was playing every game, then four and a half would be a bargain, really. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Hammers, uh, West Ham, and this one's an absolute no-brainer for me. Um, it's got to be Jared Bowen. Um, he scored over 200 points last season, 12 goals, 17 assists. Made his England debut in the summer, so his stock continues to rise. If he's got the form that he had last season, he'll be in absolutely everybody's uh, fantasy Premier League team. Whether he can recapture that form and carry it on again, uh, whether West Ham in general can carry on that form remains to be seen. But to start off the season, you don't want to miss out because his price will just go up. You need Jared Bowen in there. Yeah, he's certainly an option, but for eight and a half mil, you're on the cusp of like the big hitters. Can you get the big hitters in and Bowen? It's going to be difficult. Um, Kufal's only four and a half. He had a good season a couple of years ago. He didn't really do much last season. He only got 70 points. One I don't actually mind, which a lot of people around have him, is Rice. I mean, he's only five mil. He plays every game, and he's a lot more attacking than you might think, especially with uh, playing next to Suchek. He does get forward, and I do think as his career develops, he will turn into more of a number eight. But five mil, he plays every game. Sometimes take a pen out. He's not the worst option. Okay, coming on to our uh, last team uh, is Wolverhampton Wanderers. Uh, to me, Wolves, good football inside, um, and they're kind of renowned for those those three in the middle. So you got Ruben Neves, Jamutinho, and uh, and Neto. And Neto was struggled with injuries last season, was out of the team, didn't get a very good return. Um, and even though Neves and, and Moutinho are great football players, they don't actually score you as much as you would actually expect them to in fantasy football. You know, we talked about Jared Bowen there scoring over two hundred. Um, Neves and Moutinho only got 94 and 95 points each and each would cost you 5.5 million now I've scoured the, the Wolves team and I've found you some better value at 5 million and I'm going to go with Connor Cody Connor Cody scored 138 points last season 11 clean sheets and 4 goals you know I, I prefer usually prefer my defenders to be, to be forward thinking wing backs but at 5 million uh, Connor Cody offers great value you know he's going to play He's the captain, he's the leader. And he also scores chips away and gets some goals. You know, he scored four goals. That's actually two more than Jao Moutinho. Moutinho only got two last year. And Cody actually scored the same amount as Ruben Neves last year. So even though his goals aren't screamers like Neves is, you know, he's still chipping away. And at five million, and you're still getting the defensive returns as well. Connor Cody, five mil, great value. Yeah, I, it's interesting because I was speaking to a Wolves fan and asked who is likely to be dropped from the, if they play four at the back, who's likely to be dropped. And he is under the impression that Cody would get dropped. Like, I'm not sure how much he knows, because I've just signed Nathan Collins 
and Pillman's probably their best centre-half. So I think the likelihood is that we'll play five. And if they're playing five, then you've got to look at Aldenori at 4.5 and Johnny at 4.5. Johnny will play right wing-back and Aldenori will play left wing-back. They didn't get made... Well, Aldenori got 87, Johnny got 38 last year, but there was a... Missed a lot of it through injury. Samedo's out for long term, I think. So I'd certainly be probably more looking at one of those two. And I thought he was going to be the my steal of the year, but it looks like a big majority of people are having him on fantasy. But like Neto is an absolute must for me at five and a half million. He looked one of the best players in the Prem a couple of years ago. He, he, I think he did his ligaments, didn't he? But Came back for a few games at the end of last season, didn't look great, but he looks really sharp in pre-season, got a few goals, a few assists, and five and a half million. So I think he'll play one of the three up front, so uh, Neto. We're going with Neto, but we'll have to see how reliable your Wolverhampton Wanderers fan, uh, fan is with that selection and those question marks against Connor Cody. Okay, we're going to carry on now with our starting squads. Um, for the first game week now these squads obviously we will make sure that um, obviously we, they, these are genuine squads we're not just picking the best players from each team um, these fit the 100 million uh, the budget that you get so I'm going to quickly run you through my squad then James is going to run you through his have a brief chat about them uh, and then we'll go through our captain's picks and some big uh, best game week differentials Um in goal, I'm going to go with Jordan Pickford. Um, got a tough game, I know, to start off with, um, but then he's got a nice run of fixtures. He'll hit the ground running. I do like Pickford as keeper, uh, and I've had him in my team for a couple of years now. Not always playing, but for the money, he's uh, he's definitely in, makes the squad. In defence, I've gone with four defenders. Uh, I've gone with... Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold away at Fulham. I think that's a guaranteed clean sheet and potential for some attacking returns. I've gone Rhys James um, for Chelsea. Wanted to try and get um, a Koulibaly really, but couldn't afford him, so went with James. Gone with Kyle Walker. I know I waxed lyrically earlier about um, about um, Cancelo. However, for this game week, switched it up. I think Kyle Walker will play, and that's why uh, I've gone with him. I know City haven't got a good record at West Ham, but I think they'll be strong, strong start to the season. Last defender I've gone with is Dalo from United. I know I briefly mentioned him as someone who offers you good value, but at home to Brighton, hopefully uh, United can get a clean sheet, even though they, they were hard to come by last season. I've managed to squeeze into my team the Son and Kane uh, duo. We know how well that partnership works together. So I've got Son in midfield alongside Mo Salah, who speaks for himself. I've got Leon Bailey uh, from Aston Villa, hoping that he plays, but he's got a game away at Bournemouth. And then Neto as well in midfield. Up front, I've got Kane at home to Southampton and Gabriel Jesus at uh, away at Palace. So I've gone with a 4-4-2. I've got at least four premium players there, in my opinion. I've managed to get Trent in. Son, Kane and Salah. Right, what have you got over there? I'm just going back, interesting, 20 minutes ago you were telling me Cancelo was a much better pick than Cole Walker and then you've had Cole Walker. Just budget-wise, with all those others, well, I wanted to get Son and Kane in and if you're going to do that, you've got to sacrifice elsewhere. Cancelo will be coming in in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, so right, I've gone uh, Sanchez in goal. A tricky game against Man United, but... I just wanted to save money with my goalkeeper to try and get some other players in. This is a team I'd picked before the weekend, and I am thinking about changing a couple of players now. But I'll tell you what I got. I've got Perisic, uh, Rhys James, and Andy Robertson at the back. Midfield, I've got Rashford, Sancho, Salah, Neto, Grealish, and then Haaland and Jesus up front. Uh, like I say, I'm thinking about changing Perisic and Grealish and possibly putting Trent over Robertson. But as it stands up, I couldn't get Trent in because I'd, I'd reach my 100 mil. So that's how I stand. I'd, I have got Cole Walker and Ben White on the bench, so I could bring, potentially bring them in. But that, yeah, that's what I'm looking at at the minute. I have a bit of. 
I think that I think the seven million that you've invested into Grealish is is quite a stretch. Um, well, I thought I did think he'd start, but like I say at the weekend, I think it's more Marvez had a decent game, so I think that he will probably start Bowden and Marvez now. I agree, and I think there's much more value available in that midfield. You have got Gabriel Martinelli. Will he play? He's only six million. You've got Bernardo Silva. Will he play? He's available at seven. Uh, Harvey Barnes. Uh, Martin Odegaard you expect Odegaard to play he's just been named captain of Arsenal yeah I might looking at it now I might swap Grealish for say maximum and then put Trent in instead of Robertson that that, that works out 100 mil still now bench wise have you, have you got it in front of you or have you just gone with a load of dummies on the bench and you're just going with a strong 11 no I've got I've got Ward Leicester keeper uh, obviously he's just a just a play there's no other 4 million players I think I'll st- uh, start then I've got Carl Walker on the bench, Ben White, and I've got that Greenwood from Leeds just because he was, just, what is it, 4.5 or something, um, just because he, he might get a few minutes, but again, it's not a player that he's going to get near my starting 11. Yeah, so my bench, I've just gone with Steele, uh, the Brighton second-choice keeper, just because he was one of the cheapest options. Nico Williams is on the bench as the first sub, just because he, he should play. Um Pereira from Fulham, the midfielder. Again, you can't see him getting much at, at home to Liverpool, so he's on the bench. And then I've gone with the Aston Villa forward, uh, Archer, just because he's a 4.5 million. It frees up funds elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Right, who's your captain then? I, I'm pretty sure we're probably going with the same one. Um, yeah, I've gone Salah. I mean, the three best captain picks for me would be Salah, Son or Kane. I haven't got Son or Kane, so it's got to be Salah. Interesting that you've said those three are the main captain picks because I've got all three of those in my team. Um, I've gone with Salah as well. Um, he looks fit, he looks fresh, he's got a nice tan we saw at the weekend. Uh, and I think against Fulham there's potential to score a donkey load of goals. So for me, Salah is uh, is the captain's pick. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're going to move on to game week differentials. So those, we're kind of looking at anything in and around the, the 5% ownership or less if you can we're looking for for somebody for that first game week uh, who could come in get you some value get you some points um, and not many other people have got them in your team who have you got? I've got the perfect one man 3% ownership playing Nottingham Forest at home it's got to be Callum Wilson at 7.5 I know I haven't got him in my, my team because I just prefer Jesus for longevity but as a one-off uh, hit like Callum Wilson is a 3% ownership I think it will be on pens. we've mentioned that we don't think Forrest will start well like I think he's got huge potential there see I've got two um, because someone who I waxed lyrically about earlier was Alan St. Maximan um, he's technically got an ownership of 7% so I'm going to go with uh, St. Maximan um, as one of my differentials and then I will do one that's under the 5% as well like I said earlier St Maximum he's listed as a, as a midfielder now when in theory he probably will play along a forward line or he'll certainly be getting forward um, he's got a good fixture to start with so I'd be going uh, I'd be going with that my second uh, differential which is one that's under 5% um, one that's actually got 1% ownership now this is a player that's that's for your squad really and I'd go with Kyle Walker-Peters okay. Kyle Walker-Peters got one goal three assists last season seven bonus points he created five big chances last season uh, and he's available um, very very cheap this season at 4.5 million um, Southampton's fixtures aren't good in the initial weeks but game six is when they have a swing and that's when I'd be looking to, to bring Kyle Walker-Peters in. They then go on a run of fixtures uh, from game week 6 to game week 11 where they only have games at a difficulty of 2. Um, so they have a nice little run of fixtures there. So if you can get Kyle Walker-Peters in for now at 4.5 million, maybe you might have him hanging around your bench for a couple of weeks and then certainly bring him in and he has a lot of value. Yeah, I think there's a reason why only 1% of uh, people have chosen. Is is what can you do for a lot of people put anybody on the bench for 4.5 million and they just use it as a, as a money saving tool he's in and around the team he will get game time and he's shown last season that he's, he's a talented player yeah fair enough in five weeks maybe you can mention mention him on that show but I certainly wouldn't be mentioning him on this show <laughs> 
and we'll beg to differ when uh, Carl Walker-Peter gets an hat-trick at the weekend you, you, you heard it here first right we're going to uh, move on to some anti-post bets um, James or are we going to preview the uh, the weekend's fixtures first is that what we're going to do I'll just quickly run I've only got two um, then we'll preview the, it, it, they're not even premiership ones either the Notts County promotion in the National League 11-2 Wrexham are very short like 6-4 for the title and they probably will win the title but I mean I think Notts County will chase them down and I think 11-2 for them to get promoted they, they look really good football inside in pre-season and I just think that's uh, absolute cracking bear and the other one I'd actually wrote it before the weekend and they didn't play very well at the weekend but I did fancy West Brom to get promoted 11-4 to from the championship they've made a good, good few signings they slipped away second half of last season uh, but yeah those would be my Notts County is the big one but those would be my two anti-posts Now going to have a look at some previews of, uh, of the weekend's games of the opening round of fixtures in this year's uh, Premier League. Um, James is going to run us through his previews and I'm going to chip in if, if we have any disagreements, if uh, any contrasting views or anything like that. So the Premier League opens for the second time running uh, with Arsenal uh, away um, at, a, at a side in London. So we've got Palace Arsenal. Uh, what have you got for that, James? Well, like we've both said, I think we both fancy Arsenal to do well this season. They've been on fire pre-season, but there's still question marks around the defence for me. Being first game, I think they're plenty short enough with odds on. What I would be looking at, Palace being involved in plenty of goals during pre-season also. Like I say, you can't trust Arsenal to keep a clean sheet, so I'd much prefer to be looking at over two and a half goals than actually backing Arsenal. That's absolutely spot on of what I've put in front of me here as well. Arsenal, I think, will win the game, uh, but I think both teams will score. So I've actually gone 3-1 away win to Arsenal. Um, I did fancy them last year uh, against Brentford when they opened up the the Premier League campaign uh, last year. Uh, But I think the big thing is they're not playing a promoted side this year. Palace haven't really strengthened. Um, They've lost, obviously, Gallagher uh, from last year as well. So I can see an away win, um, but both teams to score. So we're now going to move on to uh, to Bournemouth and Villa. Um, what have you got there with Bournemouth and Villa? Um, Bournemouth haven't had a great pre-season. We've previously mentioned in the fantasy side of things that we, we do think they'll struggle as a whole this year. But with it being the first game of the season, it's small ground. Atmosphere does travel a bit to Bournemouth. The fans will be up for it. So it's a match that I'll probably leave alone to be honest. Villa are pretty short of just above evens. There's, yeah, really being first game of the season with the fans, I just I just think it could be any result. Yeah, I've gone with the score draw. Now I'm very surprised you ain't gone with Villa because in the fantasy picks you were you were already condemning him to relegation. So, but I'll go with the score draw. Share share the points. Probably a one all draw there. Um, We'll go on to the early kickoff then um, of Fulham versus Liverpool. I presume you've got a banker away with you. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing clever about this pick. Like Liverpool had that competitive game last weekend. They're going to be fresher. Obviously, they're a miles better team. They're too short to be. Obviously, you can stick them in your hackers, but they're too short to just be backing them. But I would certainly be looking at minus one at around evens. Like I say, there's not a lot to say, is there really? They're just a much better team. Absolutely. I think uh, it's a baptism of fire for Fulham, really. Um, I can't see them scoring, to be honest. I know we've talked about the atmosphere at Newham's Morton Grounds. I can't see them scoring. I can presume I presume Liverpool will win at a canter. I'm hoping Salah scores at least three, uh, and I'm going to go with 3-0 away win to Liverpool. Now, one of the trickier games to... Uh, kind of preview is Leeds v Wolves now again you've spoke about your, your friend in the know at Wolves what <laughs> info have you got on uh, Wolves Wait, I actually started this one with Tricky um, yeah I, I think Leeds will be in for another relegation battle I'm not 100% convinced by Wolves on that there was January February I actually thought they might get top 4 last year they fell away at the end of last season their defence looked shaky and they couldn't score 
So I will be leaving the, the match odds alone as such. The, what my <laughs> man in the know in Wolves, he was telling me about all the sendings off and bookings Wolves being involved in in pre-season. So I actually had a look and their disciplinary for pre-season friendly matches is atrocious. Like it's just baffles me how they've got so many bookings and sending off so I would be keen on looking up what the booking line would be for the match because we're still we're recording this on Monday the bookers haven't actually uh, priced the game up for for the booking line yet so that's something uh, we can look at during the end of the week whilst we're on this because we'll, we want to try and release the podcast on like uh, Tuesday to give it plenty of shelf life for the fantasy side of things we will run through the match previews but we will likely just give a 10 minute podcast to be released on the Friday with the bets for the weekend just because it's hard tipping something on a Monday when there's so many injuries and obviously when European matches start kicking off so we will probably look to do a quick 10 minute podcast on a Friday just for the bets for the weekend so yeah um, we, we might pot- potentially do that this week but I would certainly be looking at the, the Wolves bookings this uh, weekend and you know, if you fancy having a few small bet builders with a couple of Wolves players, uh, the discipline doesn't look great. Now, I know Leeds uh, did a number on Wolves uh, in one of Jesse March's uh, first games last season. They had a great comeback, uh, and I see Wolves out for revenge. I can't see Leeds keeping a clean sheet, um, so I've gone with 2 1 uh, to Wolves uh, and away win there. Um, right. Yeah, going back on that. I would probably fancy Wolves over the two, and they are a decent price to be fair. I think they're uh, they're over two to one. So, I think that's uh, that, that looks like a pretty sound bet, a small stake on that one. Um, right, we'll go on to um, where are we up to now? Uh, Newcastle and um, Forest. Yeah, I, I do think Forest will probably stay up. Like I'll be some of the signings, like Jesse Lingard. You mentioned that uh, kid up front. Nico Williams, but the, I think they've signed about fourteen players or something, aren't they? Yeah, it's too many to to gel straight away. I think it's going to take them a few months. I think they'll really struggle the early parts of the season. Newcastle are absolute banker for me at home. Just can't see any other result. Same. I think if this was at the county ground, county ground, it'd be a different story. Um, but and I'm sure Nottingham Forest would have wanted a home fixture to kick off their season. But unfortunately, they're away at Newcastle one of the most informed teams at the back end of last season from certainly from January onwards they had Champions League form I can only see that carrying on I've gone with a 2-0 win for uh, Newcastle um, with a goal contribution from Alan St. Maxim <laughs> does he probably be on the bench? <laughs> yeah, if he is then I'm going to knock this on the air <laughs> right Spurs and, and uh, Southampton um, what have you got there? well it just looks an easy win on uh, paper for the home team but they're like 2-5 to five. it's just not really a game I'm, I want to get involved in obviously we've got now as the season progresses we can look at kind of other markets corners bookings goal scorers but there's just nothing that stands out this with it being first game no yeah the only thing that I'd be going where is I just can't see Southampton scoring um, and I know Conte prides himself on uh, keeping clean sheets um, so I would go be potentially going on a, if I had to put a bet on and again I can't see the prices in front of me I'd be going with the Spurs clean sheet uh, and I've gone with a 2-0 Spurs win um, hopefully with the Kane and Son in my team uh, those two link up for some of the goals as well right over to Goodison now for the late kickoff half five on Saturday uh, Saturday evening uh, Frank Lampard against his former club Chelsea, what have you got there? It's a tricky one again. I'm not convinced with either team at the minute. I think Everton will struggle throughout the season. Chelsea have had some shockers in pre-season. I mean, the manager said some harsh work, words after uh, the Arsenal game. Like you'd expect them to win, uh, but you know how difficult Goodison Park is when the fans are up for it. It's going to be a hostile environment. First game of the season. Again, it's just a game I'm not, I'm not really prepared to uh, put my neck out on. Uh, I am going to stick my neck out on the line on this one. Uh, Everton, they've got Calvert-Lewin up front, but again, he's struggled for game time, form and fitness. Um, 
he only seems to be seen at the minute on catwalks at the minute doesn't he Calvert-Lewin um, they've lost Richarlison as well I know Anthony Gordon's a good player um, but I just can't see Everton getting a breakthrough and scoring so I've gone with 2-0 to Chelsea as well um, I think Everton are in for another rough ride this season I think they'll stay up for another rough ride right we'll move into Sunday then and we'll go to Leicester and Brentford Um I'll go first on this one and I think it's going to be an absolute damp squid. It'll be the boring game of the weekend. Uh, two sides which are just meh, to be honest. Leicester haven't done much in particular. Brentford, I think, will struggle. I was going to put this as a nil-nil, but I'll go with a cheeky 1-0. Goes in off someone's ass in the last minute. Leicester 1-0. Back to Old Trafford then, with or without Ronaldo on uh, on Sunday afternoon. They've got Brighton. Um, United found it very, very difficult to keep clean sheets last year, so I think they will concede again this year, but just about squeak home in Ten Hag's uh, first game. So I've gone 2-1 um, for United. Again, I think they'll ride the luck and just about win it. Yeah, you'd expect to see a much more expensive uh, Man United team this year under Eric but it's the same old story for me there's too much going on behind the scenes it just seems a mess all the time doesn't it and you can't be confident in what kind of performance they're going to put out so I certainly wouldn't be putting a lot of faith in the home win a bit of a market I'd potentially look at the Brighton's new sign in that undav I mentioned earlier he's got a terrible disciplinary record for a striker I mean I think he got booked there 10, 10 times last year in 35 games because he's a bit of an unknown quantity for the bookies I'd certainly keep an eye on him the first few games because I think he might be getting some decent prices on him getting booked and if he's getting booked uh, well once every three games you can get you know six to one seven to one on him then it's, it's certainly uh, worth a punt on him Okay, now the, the Premier League uh, game week wraps up uh, in London on Sunday evening with the champions visiting uh, the London Stadium, West Ham versus City. I think there's goals in this. I know City, did they lose last year to uh, to West Ham at, uh, at the London Stadium and then didn't they get knocked out of the cup as well there? Yeah, they got beaten there. I think it was a League Cup on it. Then it was 2-0 down towards the end of the season and then they pulled it back to two each. It's it's not the easiest place to go in the first game. Yeah, they love it down there, don't they? What have you got a scoreline? Have you got anything there? No, again, I think City will, will probably get the job done. But looking at the prices, like I, I just think the prices are about right for the game. Like I just, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. I mean, probably just Jack Grealish hat trick. <laughs> yeah, get more. You get more money on a. More chance of him playing over half an hour because I don't think they'll <laughs> drop him. Um, I'll give a prediction and a scoreline for each game. So, to just to wrap it up with, I'm going to go three one to City. Um, I'll go three two for the argument's sake. To City as well. Yeah. yeah, I think there's goals in it. Right, thank you for that. Then there's uh, our score predictions uh, and previews of the weekend's fixtures. Okay, we're going to move on to our uh, betting section of the the podcast now. Uh, We're going to keep a bit of a running total of these as the weeks go by. Uh, Me and James both going to give you a best bet uh, or a banker uh, for the weekend. And then we're going to pick three selections uh, that can be across any of the European leagues for a treble for you. I'm going to go first. Um, I've put three selections in the treble that brings you uh, just in and around uh, three to one. So if you fancy the cheeky 20 quid on that, you're going to get, you know, 60 quid profit, which uh, isn't to be sniffed at. My first one, absolute banker. And I know it's a it's a famous meme uh, that says never bet on the early kickoff. Uh, but I am going to bet on the early kickoff in the Premier League on uh, Saturday. And I'm just going to struggle Liverpool to win in there. We've both talked today about how strong Liverpool are, how much they'll clearly have too much for uh, Fulham. And currently, I've looked on Skybet, they were 3-10 to 10, um, for Liverpool just to win outright. I think that's worth putting it in with some uh, some higher odds selections. Uh, you can generate a little bit of value. I just cannot see Fulham getting absolutely anything from this game. So I'm going Liverpool uh, to win is my first selection. 
My second selection, I'm going to go to uh, League One, and I'm going to go with uh, Peterborough to beat Morecambe at 7-10. Peterborough came from 2-0 down at the weekend against Cheltenham, um, and then uh, 1-3-2. They've got Johnson, Clark, Harris up front. They've got some cracking players. They're one of the favourites to go up uh, in League One. Morecambe, one of the favourites to go down. I think they will struggle next year, so I'm going to put Peterborough to beat Morecambe. And then sticking in League One, my second uh, selection from League One and my third in my treble is Bolton and both teams to just both teams to score. Sorry, in the Bolton game, Bolton have got Wickham at the weekend. Bolton were one of the most informed teams in League One uh, at the end of last season. They've kept the majority of the side together and have a good goal scoring pedigree. However, Wickham off the back of three nil uh, win at the weekend against Burton. Uh, two of the favourites again to finish in and around the top six and automatic promotions in League One and both teams to score is available at four to five so I'm going in with those three in my treble we'll throw over to James what have you got in your treble then <coughs> I presume yours is getting more than three to one so would you, sorry to, to wrap up you had the bank versus Liverpool did you uh, no I've, I've not released my bank yet I'm going to wait for your treble first yeah well my travel's not really a surprise of all bets I've previously mentioned in the betting preview. I haven't got enough uh, information for the lower leagues. I don't really know enough about it to tip anything of that at the minute. So I, my treble will be Newcastle just to win. Liverpool minus one and the Arsenal game over two and a half goals. That uh, treble returns five to one in most places, which is a, a nice little pop. And my banker would just be Newcastle on the round of four to six. Excellent. Well, my absolute banker, I've stuck in the lower league game, gone to League One again, actually, just coincidentally. I've gone with Portsmouth to beat Lincoln at eight to eleven. Um, Portsmouth, it'll be their first home game of the season. They obviously get a big, passionate crowd going there. Um, they're off the back of a three-three draw at Sheffield Wednesday, which is a very tough place to go. Um, I personally fancy Sheffield Wednesday to go up as well. They went behind twice and showed some bottle and got a 3-3 draw. Um, Portsmouth, they're at home to Lincoln, who had a disappointing draw with Exeter at the weekend. They actually went 1-0 down to Exeter as well. Um, only mustered two shots on target. So I think with that passionate, pompy crowd, 8-11 uh, is cracking value for a, for a Portsmouth home win, and that's my banker. Yeah, so if you if you did want to uh, combine the two bankers there, we've got Newcastle and Portsmouth. So that would return just over two to one for our two bankers there. It's not a bad list of return, yeah. Yeah, to stick our lunch money on it. Obviously, with all those tips and things, they are just our personal preference. Please remember to gamble responsibly. When the fun stops, stop. Um, if you do need uh, gambling support, uh, we will tweet out some links um, providing uh, gambling support and things like that. Um we're now going to end the show with a bit of a, a Q&A, are we? Is that what we're doing? This is a it's not a Q&A, but I just, I just thought I'd throw out a few things and see what, uh, what, you, what your predictions are. So we're going to go for the Premiership winner. Right. It, well, obviously, it's, it's only between two teams. Uh, Liverpool and City are head and shoulders uh, above the rest. I don't take the weekend with Community Shield... Um, I don't take that into account at all. In my opinion, it's it's a glorified friendly. I still think that Man City will just have the edge over Liverpool, so I'm going to go with City to win the league. Okay, I've gone Liverpool. Champions League. Oh, now again, I think City are the best team in Europe, but for some reason, and they just can't seem to get over the line in uh, in Europe. Champions League, Liverpool have got that pedigree. You know, PSG have got a team of superstars. Real Madrid have got that quality. Bayern, I suppose, have lost Lewandowski. I'm going to go Liverpool uh, just because of the history. They know what they're doing. They've won it before, and I think City and Liverpool are the best two teams in European football. Yeah, I'm actually going to uh, reverse it there. I'm going to go City. I think Haaland will uh, get them over the edge and. Just because it's it's the one thing missing from them, like towards the end of the season, I just think they're going to throw everything at you, and they, they might take the eye off the prem. 
with, with Hall. I mean, if they had Holland last year, they would have beat Real Madrid four or five, I think, in that. Uh, that was a free game, weren't it? The scores were. Okay. Liverpool know what they're doing. Fem top scorer. I've got a feeling you're going to come at me with Haaland. Um, I'm not going to go with Haaland. Um, I've already told you not to put him in your fantasy dream teams, uh, so I can't sit here and say he's going to be top goal scorer. Salah just had his new contract. I'm going to go with Mo Salah again. Um, followed closely by Harry Kane. Uh, but Salah still just about gets it for me. Yeah, like I, I think Haaland is, is the one for that. I can see him getting close to 30 goals. So we'll go Haaland. If he stays fit, that's the only doubt about him. Right, the final one. They're the three relegated teams. Uh, well, we've already talked about uh, who we think will finish bottom. I think Fulham are gone. Um, I think Bournemouth will struggle as well. Um, and my last one is... I'm going to go with just as a little bit of a curveball... I'm going to go with Brentford as well. I think second season syndrome might just catch up with them a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to go, yeah, Fulham, Bournemouth and Brentford to go down. Yeah, we've got a bit of a controversial one. Going Bournemouth, I'm also going to go with Leeds and Everton. Wow. Leeds and Everton over Fulham? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I just don't rate Leeds and Everton's managers. I, just, I don't think Lampard or our American guy are really good. Oh, yeah, I do think Brentford and Southampton will struggle too. But I, I think they will be the bottom five. I mean, Fulham. So, where have you got Fulham in Europe? <laughs> 14. 14. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you've got someone who's going to get you, who could potentially get you 15 goals for Mitrovic, and that's the difference. Like, they used teams having, well, I mean, Calvin Lewin potentially, but. The, the, all the culture around Fulham, everything. They're a yo-yo team. They're happy to come up, spend a bit of money, go down, and then have the strongest team ready to come back up. I can't see Fulham coming up, staying up. You know, you're saying the manager's not good enough. You know, what what's the Fulham manager achieved? You know, he's he went down with Hull. He had a decent start with Watford, uh, and then had his head turned and went off the rails. He did nothing at Everton, and. Yeah, he's come to Fulham, you know, he got manager of the month in August, you know, I know they beat uh, Luton 7-0 and they scored about 106 goals, but they had one of the best teams in the league at the time. Uh, to me, Marco Silva isn't in a job by, by just after Christmas. So what I'll take from this is that Fulham are, are going to be world beaters. <laughs> well, they're not going to be world beaters, I just think they've, they've got enough to finish ahead of this is our first podcast uh, so stick with us and hopefully we've got a few listeners we'd love some feedback get in touch via insta or twitter with handle at footy lads chat uh, send us your opening teams tell us how rubbish you thought the show was whatever you like just please sub like subscribe and review on your favorite platform and I'll get our team's posts on our social medias also. Yeah, it's football is a game of opinions, uh, so feel free to send your opinions in. We'd love to hear from them. Uh, we'll see you next week where we'll kind of evaluate uh, what happened in game week one, and we'll look forward to uh, predictions in game week two. Thank you for listening, and it's a, a goodbye from me. And it's a goodbye from me. <laughs>